Tell myself they'll be fine. They're independent, but on the inside, I can hear them singing. Lead me with strong hands. Stand up when I can't. Don't leave me hungry for love.
Well, I'm glad you're here on this Father's Day, and we are right in the middle of a series called Good Kings. And we've already seen two kings in our series so far, Asa, and last week, Jehoshaphat. And now today on Father's Day, we're going to look at King Uzziah. So we'll begin our reading uh, this morning in 2 Chronicles chapter 27. And the notes are provided in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along with us in that way this morning. I only have two verses to read today, so I'm going to have you remain seated. 2 Chronicles chapter 27, and right at the beginning of the chapter there, verses 1 and 2. Jotham was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. Howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly. And so we see today Uzziah, who was a king of Judah, but he was also a father. And this morning we're going to see uh, both the positive and the negative traits that he passed on to his son Jotham, let's pray. Father, would you bless us now? We thank you that you are the example of what all fathers should be. Thank you that you are a good, good father. You're great, you're mighty. Your works are unsurpassed. As we sang earlier, how great thou art. And yet... We as human beings who are flawed and frail, we appreciate so much that you're good, that you're always good. And so I pray today that you would help us in this message to understand a part of your goodness and be able to apply it to our lives and to our families, to our local church and to your kingdom. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Let's go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 25 as we get started this morning. And let's see where Uzziah came from and understand more about him. And we say right off the bat this morning, the first part of our message, that Uzziah learned from his own father. And so let's see some things about his father. 2 Chronicles 25, once again, verse number 1. Amaziah was 25 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jehoiadun of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the Lord, or right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Catch that? That's a big phrase. Not with a perfect heart. So Uzziah's father is Amaziah, and a king who did right, but not with a perfect heart. And this really means that he wanted to live for God, but he wanted to live for himself at the same time. Now, if you could describe modern-day fathers in the United States and what they struggle with, it is that verbally, out loud, yes, I want to live for God, I want to do God's will for my life, I want to complete what God has me to do, but there's some things that I'd like to do too. There's some things I really like, and there's some things that I don't really want to give up, and there's some things that I don't really want to set aside to be able to follow God. Yeah, this means that we want to live for God and ourselves at the same time. Now, God has some names or some terms for this in Scripture. 
uh, there's a place where God says that Israel had a divided heart. Later in, in James chapter 4, it talks about a double-minded man. And in fact, uh, James says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So let's think of it this way. Let's correlate it to this situation. Uzziah had a father who had a desire to do what was right, but he was unstable in actually doing it. Now, I tell you what, we need more than ever consistency in fathers. We have so many unstable people on the planet Earth, ourselves included, right? We, we all deal with this double-mindedness and this struggle in our hearts where I just really want to live for God, but I want this too. And we try to grab both things and we can't keep either one. And, and so this double-minded thing, this unstable thing, that was what Uzziah had growing up as his example. And there are a lot of kids today who have an example of a father who's unstable, who's wishy-washy, who's riding a roller coaster with his spiritual life. And sometimes he's up and sometimes he's down. And goodness gracious, they don't know which one to choose or how it's going to work. Uh, earlier in the week, I think it was Thursday, uh, one of our staff members came over, uh, Kyla from the other building, and uh, I just happened to be in my wife's office, and she said, uh, we need to help this dog. And I said, we need to help this dog. What are we talking about here? I just wondering what their conversation is. She said, I've got a picture. There is a, a yellow lab that needs rescued. It's a registered lab, and these people don't want it. And I really think we should help. And I said, well, how can we help? We're a church, you know. We don't rescue dogs. We rescue people. <laughs> right? We rescue souls. All right, now if we, I mean, we, we've a time or two called the pound on a stray dog to help out at, at, from time to time as a church. We don't rescue dogs. So she said, well, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to call. I'm going to make some calls. So Kyla called these people, and she got the backstory. This dog wasn't energetic enough for the couple that wanted it or something like that. So she said, I'm going to go look at it. And we had to go do some things. And so you know, we came back, and uh, Kyla said, I went and got the dog. You went and got the dog? That's crazy. It's almost unstable that you did that, right? And, uh, and uh, she went and got the dog. And she said, I really think you guys should have it. <laughs> That's a true friend, right? <laughs> I'm going to go and rescue and claim something and then make sure that you, you handle it. And, and Kyla said, I don't think my husband will let me keep it. And so you guys should have it. And uh, so we started talking a little bit about it. And my wife, of course, says that it's my fault that I gave in first. And that it's possible that that happened, but I don't know. It's far-fetched to me. Um, but I, I said something about how our son Cody has always wanted a lab, and he loves big dogs. And Sophie, she loves big dogs, and she just lets them lick her all over the face. And, and uh, so... It turns out, Thursday afternoon, we had a dog. <laughs> and we try to take the dog home. The dog doesn't jump into trucks or cars or anything. It's never been trained. It weighs like 80 pounds. I broke my back trying to get the dog to the house. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that we found out, as soon as we got the dog in the backyard and kind of started interacting with it, 
is that the dog most likely in its past had had an unstable master. Because anytime I walk out the back door, the dog goes like this. It tucks its tail. Now, when the little kids walk out, it's just fine. It plays, it's doing great with the kids and things. But if I walk out, it just tucks its tail. Even worse, when Dawson walks out, okay, he's bigger than I am, and he's got glasses too. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. The dog not only backs up, but the dog leaves liquid on the ground. <laughs> right? So, so Cody and, you know, Dawson and Autumn, they're trying to work with it and, and get it acquainted with things. But you can tell when a dog has had an unstable master. A, a, a master that at some points is friendly and some points is hitting or some points is cutting things or whatever. And you know, you can tell that with kids too. You can tell kids who aren't sure how they're supposed to respond because their dad's been unstable. And they don't know whether dad's going to praise them or yell at them. And they don't know whether dad's going to just ignore them or whether he's going to be really invested in them. And so Uzziah learned from his own father this thing of instability, of being unstable. And it's not really a good trait that he had learned. But he becomes king. And when Uzziah becomes king, here's the crazy part. He's only 16 years old. Now, I'm telling you, no one in their right mind would make a 16-year-old their king. All right, this only happened because the lineage passed down. I'm not going to point out the 16-year-olds in the room, but I think we all get the point. All right, you don't make 16-year-olds king. <laughs> no, it's a bad idea. All right, and so, so here Uzziah becomes king as a 16-year-old. And here's what's remarkable. He has enough wherewithal in himself to take the good lessons that his dad had taught him, about pursuing God, but also to be able to set aside some of the negative lessons that his dad had passed on to him. And, and so some of the things he learned what not to do. And I think we're all like that. We know things in our parents that were unstable, that were inconsistent, that were flaws. And by the way, all parents have flaws. And all parents have weaknesses and all parents have have spots in their lives that they don't see and that they can't comprehend. And if you, uh, if you don't know what your flaws are, just ask your kids, okay? And they know what your flaws are. Now, they may be too afraid to tell you because you might be unstable, <laughs> okay? So you got to be careful how this, this all works. But, but we know what the flaws are and we know what our parents' flaws are. And at some point in your life, you probably internally or out loud said something like this. I'm never going to do what my dad did. Right? Or you said, I'm never going to be like my mom. And now it's 20 years later and you've got kids running around the house and you can't remember their names. Right? You say seven names, including the dog and the cat's name, before you say the name of your kid. <laughs> right? And that way you were never going to do that. I'm going to make my kids feel important. I'll remember their name. Bo, Luke, Larry, Priscilla. I forgot your name for a second. We all have these things that whether it's genetically 
or whether it's through environment that are passed down to us from our parents. And some of the things are really good, and some of the things we have to, we have to look at them and we have to evaluate them, and we can't take them and excuse them and say, you know what, I'm just like my dad. I've got an anger problem, but my dad had one too. Right? I've got a problem with substance abuse, but I got it from my parents. I've got a problem with abusing my kids, but, you know, I was abused when I was young. Listen to me, folks. We don't get to make that excuse once we're in charge of the choices. Once we become in charge of the choices, we actually have the responsibility given to us by God to choose properly and to make the right choices. And so Uzziah, he learned from his own father some of the things not to do. I want you to go back to 2 Chronicles, now in chapter 26. And we're going to see some things about Uzziah. So we, we got that, that first kind of tip that Uzziah in verse number 1 was 16 years old. And he, he became king. And uh, as he began to reign, verse 3 says he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. Look at verse number 4. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. So he took all the good things that his dad did, and he continued those. But then we see in verse 5, and he sought God. So while his father did some good things, but not with a perfect heart, Uzziah did the things that his father did, and he sought God. And by the way, that should be the goal of every dad and every mom in this room, is that your kid seeks God even more than you do. That your kid leaves your house with a personal relationship with God that says, I want Jesus in my life for myself. I want Jesus in my life for me and for what God has called me to be and for God, who God has purposed me to be. I want you to notice something else in verse number five, though. And he sought God, now look at this, in the days of Zechariah. Isn't it interesting? In the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. So the second thing we can find out about Uzziah is this. Uzziah allowed a mentor to speak into his life. He allowed a mentor to speak into his life. He's 16 years old. His dad is gone. Dad's dead. He's the king. But he still needs somebody to speak into his life. And from what we read in verse number 5, we find out that Uzziah went through a spiritual growth spurt during this period of time under Zachariah's influence. You know, it's not just important for every young person to have a spiritual mentor. And by the way, it is important that every young person has a spiritual mentor. It's important for every person to have a spiritual mentor. You know what we're going to find out about Uzziah? After Zechariah, his mentor, passed off the scene, he made some huge mistakes in his life. He really lost control of his pride. He really grew a sense of entitlement in his own heart. 
because he didn't have anybody that had the freedom to come into his life and to speak truth. And when we push away the ability for anybody to come into our lives and speak truth, we are incredibly vulnerable to the enemy. And so here Uzziah is, and he allows, he allows Zechariah to speak into his life. And a, boy, what a unique thing that is, where he's the king, and yeah, he's in charge, but he says, you know what? This guy, Zechariah, he's walking with God. And he knows what God wants. And he has an understanding of some things that I don't understand yet. And I really need his help. And a boy, we need that. And a dad, you need that. Uh, even if, if you're an expert dad, and there aren't many out there, you need somebody to speak into your life. You need somebody who's a little more seasoned in that area than maybe you are. And uh, you say, well, where, what comes, where does the age come in where we have everything figured out and we don't need a mentor anymore? Well, I'll tell you this. Uzziah was in his late 60s when he messed his life up. And it's because he didn't allow anybody to speak into his life anymore. He didn't have anybody around to tell him no. He didn't have anybody around to tell him, you know what? That's a really bad idea. Don't do that. Right Now, I know that, that as your kids grow up, dads, that there comes a point where you have more of a camaraderie and you have more of a friendship than you do as a dad. And uh, even when your kid's in his 30s or, or in her 30s or maybe even in their 40s, there are times as a dad where you want to say, stop. Don't do that. That's a really dumb idea. But you feel like they've, they're out of your house and you can't really tell them what to do anymore. And uh, by the way, moms and grandmothers, they don't care how old you are. They just tell you what to do. <laughs> right? I mean, you can be 65 and your mom is still going to say, you need to do this and you need to do this. Right? Uh, mom's always going to be hitting you upside the head with truth. And that's a good thing. But dads, they reach this point, and sometimes it's when their kids are 14 or 15 or 13 or 17 or whatever. And they're like, you know what? He's getting too old, and if I try to parent him, then he's going to rebel. You know, we make such stupid excuses for not parenting. God did not call us to parent until we're afraid that our kids are going to rebel. God called us to parent. God called us to speak truth into our kids' lives, and we have to begin to balance that. Listen, if you see a flaw in your 17-year-old that's going to cause a character crack later on in his life, you better call him on it. It's your God-given responsibility as his father and his spiritual mentor to call him on what's going on in his life. Because if you don't call him on it now, it's going to ruin him in the future. But I've seen, regrettably, so many dads who get afraid to speak truth into their kids' lives. And when they don't speak truth, they expect somehow that somebody else will. And so they say, well, we just really need to have them in a church where the youth leaders can speak into their lives. I'll just tell you this, don't count on it. We have godly youth leaders here. We have mentors men, women who are involved every week in these kids' lives. But don't count on two hours a week, a youth group or a youth meeting, 
to make your kids turn out for God. There needs to be a dad. There needs to be a mentor who has the inroads to speak into his or her life. Yeah, and that's what happened with Uzziah. He lets this guy, Zachariah, speak into his life. Now, one thing that we see next, and this is so unique, look at verse number six. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabna and the wall of Ashdod and built cities upon, about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And I underline the beginning of verse number seven. And God helped him. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in Gerbal and the Mehunims. And the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah. You keep going about all these things, all these ways that God blessed him. But skip down to verse number 15. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad. Now, I want you to notice this next phrase. For he was marvelously helped. Did you catch that? For he was marvelously helped till he was strong. He was marvelously helped. The third trait we see in Uzziah is this. Uzziah was helped by God beyond measure. We already read there in verse number five, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And God blessed Uzziah as a king and as a father past any expectation that he could have possibly had. Every good thing that Uzziah was able to do as a king was a gift from the Most High. And Dad, if you're able to do anything good in the lives of your children, it's only because of God's grace in your life. And I promise you that you don't need just a verse 7, God as a father. You need a verse 15, God as a father. You don't just need help against the Philistines and against all these enemies. You need some marvelous help. Right? As a dad, I need to be marvelously helped. Because I don't have the answers. There are things in 2016 that dads are trying to give wisdom on that we honestly do not have a clue. Right? If they're bringing home names of singers and movies and comics and all these people, we don't even know who they are. Right? And if you're an honest dad, you, you don't know what's really going on. And you don't know what the answers really are. And that's where we have to go to God. And we have to say, God, I don't just need help. I need marvelous help. I really need you to intervene. One of the things that we pray for as parents all the time is that God would give us the foresight to see what's coming. That God would then give us the wisdom to know what to do about it. And then the, big, the third one's big. God would give us the courage to act. Because a lot of times, dads, maybe they, they don't see what's coming and they get kind of blown away or blindsided by what comes down the road. Sometimes we don't ask God for wisdom in the way we should, so we don't know what to do about it. But the number one problem that spiritual Christian dads have is that we don't have the courage to act. 
We don't have the courage to step up to the plate and say, i got to take care of this. i got to set everything else aside. There's nothing as important right now as me being a courageous dad. There's nothing as important as right now taking that son or that daughter and going out to lunch with them and talking through something with them. Got to have some courage on that. And uh, Uzziah, I love how when he sought, he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And God helped him. And God marvelously helped him. And I promise you, if your kids turn out, not just to be good citizens, but to be good soldiers for Jesus Christ, it's not because of you. It's because of God. And it's because you have fallen upon God's grace and his mercy time and again. And you have said, oh God, how I need you in my life. I can't do this without you. And you've prayed with your kids. And you've been vulnerable enough in front of your kids to say, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I hate it when that happens too. So miserable to have to apologize to your kids. Right? Have you ever called had to call a 17-year-old boy in who's taller than you are and look him in the eyes and say, you know what, I blew it. Shouldn't have yelled at you. I'm sorry about that. But you did mess up. Let me give you the list of how bad you are. (laughs) We blow it as dads. And some of the most courageous moments in your life, Dad, is when you show your kids that it's okay to not be perfect as long as you get back on the path the way you're supposed to. And the worst thing a dad can do is blow it and then just say over and over again, I didn't blow it. I'm right. I'm Donald Trump. I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) I get so confused. I don't make mistakes, right? I never apologize because I've never made a mistake before. That's the foolish thing for any of us to say. When we mess up, we got to have the courage and we got to have the conviction to go back to God and say, God, I'm frail. I need your help. I don't know the answers on this. I need your help. And a goodness gracious, we all need God's help in this way. We get a little further down, though. I want you to take those last words of verse number 15, and let's kind of get segue into the next part of the passage. It says, For he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. It's so sad what happened in Uzziah's life. God helped him. God strengthened him. God marvelously helped him to defeat his enemies. But at the point when he was the most strong, he set himself up for destruction. We're studying in our men's Bible study topic of pride. And one of the verses on pride we've talked about is Proverbs 16, 18, which says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. 
And uh, this is what Uzziah had. He, he set himself up for destruction. He set himself up for failure. He set himself up with this mentality that he could do whatever he wanted to do. And it is when we are strong that we are the most vulnerable to the destruction of pride. Over time, Uzziah acquired a, a sense of entitlement. And he began to think that he had been successful on his own. Now, this, this is where, as dads, sometimes we totally mess up because we go through a, a period of time with our kids and things are good and we begin to feel comfortable and we begin to feel like, you know what? My parenting's basically done here. My kid made it to his first birthday. Right? I mean, goodness gracious, he's already 16 pounds, is what they told me, Brandon and Anna. He's 16 pounds already. How old is he? He was four months. He's already 16 pounds. Goodness gracious. And uh, we get our kid up, and they, they go to kindergarten graduation, and we're sitting back there crying, right? And we take our picture with him. My parenting work is done. And we, we have kind of this success mentality where, you know what? My kid just hit a home run in T-ball. I'm a great dad, right? And then, then if he strikes out in T-ball, we're all over him, right? You got to swing level, man. You got to swing level. And it, Come on, up. That wasn't a strike. Ball's not on the tee right. Off to the side. And we, we have these struggles where we began to think that maybe the success was because of us. And maybe something good that happened was because I am super parent. And when we do that, we set ourselves up for destruction. Because when our kids mess up, that's the true test of our walk with God and our parenting. And I've seen so many parents, moms and dads, who when their kid messed up, they tossed him out. They said, you know what? We, we're not going to take the embarrassment. We're not going to have somebody in our lives who's going to embarrass us that way. And when your kid messes up, you need God more than ever. When your kid messes up, you need God's grace in your life and in your kid's life. And the only way that healing can come about is through the mighty God who controls hearts. And sometimes when we're praying, quote unquote, for our kid's healing, we should really be praying for our own. Because a lot of times the divide that's keeping that kid from coming back home is our own foolish pride. And pride leads to destruction. And if you don't know the story in Uzziah's life, it's just incredible. He, he thought the rules didn't apply to him. And he's the king, and he goes into the temple, which is forbidden by God, and begins to burn incense on the altar of incense. And if you wonder, you know, how God reacts to when people did stupid stuff in his temple, just read the Bible a little bit. It's not good. Right? It's really bad. Look up, guys, Nadab and Abihu. See what happened to them when they offered strange fire before God. And check out what, what happened with Korah and his crew and with Dathan and Abiram and his crew. 
when they began to go against God's temple. Uzziah goes into the temple and the priests come in. Not just the, the main priest, but 80 priests with him. And he said, Uzziah, this is not your job. You're not supposed to burn incense. That's only for the priests to do. And when he got called out, look what happened. Verse number 19. Then Uzziah was wroth. That means he had uncontrollable anger and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. We find out later that Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. When we began to think that the rules don't apply to us, we're headed for disaster. And when we think that we can tell our kids what to do and not do, but have no intention of keeping those things ourselves, that's when we're headed for disaster. And it, you see, kids pick up on it so quickly. Your four-year-old will figure out that you told them not to do something and then you did it. Right? And your three-year-old will say, Dad, if I can't have a cookie, why'd you have one? Right? They think these things through. And they've got this stuff going on in their brain. And as, as you get into the teenage years, when it comes to right and wrong and when it comes to morality and immorality... When we play with breaking rules out of a sense of entitlement because I deserve it. Because I worked hard today and so I ought to be able to do this. Because my wife's not meeting my needs the way she should, so it's okay if I do this. Let me just tell you, you go down that road and you're going to have kids who are going to struggle. Because even though your sin is not open and known, there is a crater, there is a hole in your family. There's a void, there's an emptiness, there's searching that's going to be going on. And in Uzziah's life for a long time, probably for years, probably since Zechariah had died, he didn't allow anybody to tell him the truth. He didn't allow anybody to come in and say, you know what? You're not doing the things you need to do. You're not following through the way that you should. You're not leading the way that you should. And Uzziah got too big for his britches. He got too big for his own confines. And he said, you know what? I'm the king. I'm the king of my castle. I can do whatever I want. We've got to be so careful because God has a plan for every person. God has a plan for every family. And when the future of your kids is derailed by your own instant gratification, then you are doing just what Uzziah did. You're feeling a sense of entitlement that's going to hurt your family. I want to show you again our text. Go back again to chapter 27. And check this out. We close with this. This is so powerful. We read about Jotham, verse number one, 25 years old. He began to reign, reigned 16 years, mother's name. Look at verse number two again. 
He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. Now look at this. Howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord. Now here's what that means. It wasn't talking about him going in to burn incense. He learned you don't do that. His dad died a leper. You know what he, he started to think? My dad had a bad experience at the temple. I'm never going back. My dad had a bad experience when he went into the temple and he got leprosy, and I'm never going back. We have a generation of kids in America right now who are growing up in church, maybe sporadically, uh, maybe not as consistent as they should be, and they've got moms who really want them to serve God and who are praying for them. And they've got dads who they come to church, but spiritually speaking, they're not what they should be. And they don't really have hearts for God. And those kids leave home and they never come back to the temple. Because when they see inconsistency in dad's life regarding the temple and regarding spiritual things, they say, I can live my life without it. You find out that his son Jotham allowed corrupt things to become, begin to come into his life. And uh, we, we get into this trap as parents where we think that success or failure is so important. It depends totally on us. I'm telling you, we leave out God. You can't do it without God can't you can never be the dad you're supposed to be without God and what that means is Deuteronomy 6 and God's plan still works where you are the one who leads your family to pray together you're the one who leads your family to know the word of God together you're the one who leads your family to be in church and to have the right heart toward God. And when you see things slipping, that you jump on it. And you say, we've got to get back to where God wants us to be. That's the mentality we've got to have as fathers in this generation. Because I'm, I'm telling you, there are seven-year-olds and eight-year-olds in our society now who are being exposed to things that you didn't used to know about until you were 18 substances, pictures, experiences. There are kids down who are starting middle school who know more about physical interactions than you knew when you got married. And they're talking, they've got kids who are so confused. They're 10 years old, come and talking uh, at home about how I'm a girl and I really like girls. And I'm really confused about my gender. You say, Pastor, it's just too big. It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. It's more than any dad and mom can handle on their own. And I know it's being programmed and humanism's being thrown at your kids every day, no matter where they go to school. The philosophy of this world is being programmed into them. And there are books and there are curriculums and there are even teachers who are trying to push an agenda in their lives. It's bigger than we are. It's bigger than all of us. But God's even bigger than that. 
The only way we raise kids in this society who have a heart for God and who love God the way that they should is by every day getting on our face before God and say, God, I can't live without you today. Can't. I'll get off the path. I'll mess my kids up. I've got to be consistent in my life because I need them to see you in me. We sang earlier, Father, lead me, because I can't do this alone. I'm going to have Aaron come and sing that for invitation today. And as he sings that, I, I want all the dads just to feel free, uh, if you're physically able, to come to the front and kneel.